Hey folks, it's Jesse, the founder of MaxFun. Since we postponed our annual MaxFun drive in mid-March, we have gotten a lot of questions about if and when we'd be rescheduling it. And honestly, we've been asking ourselves the same thing. Well, now we have an answer for you. The 2020 MaxFun drive will start on July 13th. That's coming up soon. We decided to have the drive now because it's always brought a lot of joy and excitement to our community and certainly to us. And to be totally honest, it's also the main source of income for some of our hosts. Like pretty much everything right now, this year's drive is going to be a little different. Uh, we'll still be bringing you very special episodes, fun community activities, premium thank you gifts. But we also know it's a weird time and for some folks, a really difficult one. Some people are in a position to become new or upgrading members. Others can't right now. And that is okay. We'll have ways for you to support MaxFun at every level, including some ways that won't cost you anything. We're also going to run the drive for four weeks instead of two. We didn't think it was a good time to be rushing anybody and uh, having a longer drive lets us be a little more low-key in our drive pitch. It also gives us more time to do fun stuff, like the weekly live streams we'll be putting on for charity throughout the drive. Most importantly, we want the 2020 Max Fund Drive to highlight all the ways we support each other and our communities. We also want to show how grateful we are to you for making all the work that we do possible. Stay safe. We'll see you July 13th for the Max Fund Drive. Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris here with an erotic update. <laughs> Thank God. I have been on, Jordan, I have been on tenter hooks. Mm. Now, do I know what tenter hooks are outside of the context of the phrase on tenter hooks? No, I certainly don't. It's how you, uh, it's how you when you're deep sea fishing, how you catch yourself a tenter. <laughs> I always imagined they were the things that like a side of beef hangs from in the scene where Rocky is in the freezer punching a side of beef. Right. Yes. Those might be tenter hooks. That does sound erotic, by the way. That sounds like something that someone is using erotically. By the way, I cannot get anybody to match with me on Tinter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's my photo. <laughs> Maybe I'm, uh, I don't love adventures enough. <laughs> I mean, I hope you like glamping, at least, minimum. <laughs> yeah, big glamper over here. Um, so Jesse, uh, uh, you, you were not here last week. We're glad you're back. We're glad to have you. I am. Brian is the listeners are, um, eh, don't but, speak for the listeners. <laughs> you know, I won't, I won't speak for the listeners. They have their own opinions. They're their own people. They can do whatever they want to. Look, you and Brian are my friends. I believe that Ooh, listeners, let's call it 70, 30. <laughs> um, so I last week I was talking about seeing a discarded pile of self-help books uh, on the on the street. I don't know if they were placed there, but they seemed to me like they had been flung there. I don't. I know you can't. It's hard to talk about intent when something is just laying on the ground. But it, but to me, it seemed like they had been flung there angrily. Right. Uh, so a pile of self-help books. Uh, you know, lean in. Um, et cetera, et cetera. But on, on the top was a copy of the Kama Sutra. Oh, um, the which, famous book of fucking. 
Yes. And so I don't know if that qualifies as a self-help book. I mean, you certainly, <laughs> you know, well, it, is, it is helpful in a lot of ways and also helpful, you know, yourself and others. Let me tell you this, Jordan. I think we could all use a little help with our fucks. Sure. Yeah. Well, who are you? What? Oh, you think you know everything about fucks? Yeah. <laughs> you think you're nasty? <laughs> You don't know. I'm talking to the listeners now. You think you know everything yeah. about fucks? You don't know shit about fucks. <laughs> I specifically want to address legendary screen star Warren Beatty. Mm-hmm. Hey, Warren Beatty, I know you did a lot of boning in the 70s, but you don't know everything about fucks. There's, yeah. still, there's still leaves for you to overturn. Does Dick Tracy hold up? We don't know. We haven't seen it since we were 12, but maybe it doesn't. I'll tell you this, Warren Beatty. Bullworth almost certainly does not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to speak to Reds. I bet Reds probably holds up pretty well. Mm. I watched Shampoo recently. I thought that was very good. but No, I've been meaning to watch. I've been circling Shampoo. I'm like, maybe I should watch this thing. I'm going to tell you this right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say... That rapping Bill Clinton movie, Bullworth, <laughs> in which an analog to Bill Clinton ran for president and started rapping, mm-hmm. probably doesn't hold up. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, it's just a product of its time. Uh, but so I walked, by, I walked by the pile again today. I walked by the pile of self-help books and they're kind of there. They're mostly still there, but I can tell that, you know, they're kind of getting picked over. And obviously, this is a weird time we're in if you're a bring in something you found from the street person. Yeah. Um, which I have been in my life. Um, you know, I've I've certainly sc- scrounged from a corner for stuff. But, um, um, you know, obviously, there's health issues now. Um, but the self-help books are getting picked over. Um, and today... The copy of the Kama Sutra had been picked up. Oh. So someone in my general area is um, hopefully doing some more gymnastic fucking than they have. Um, but hopefully they've also um, they've also disinfected it, you know, appropriately. For many reasons. For me- there's many reasons to appropriately disinfect a secondhand Kama Sutra. Let's let's introduce our guest on the program before yes. we get uh, too much deeper in. She's an old friend of Jordan Jesse Go, and she's your new best friend, podcaster Allison Rosen. Hi, Allison. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I have been on tenterhooks to jump in <laughs> and discuss tenterhooks, and I was going to say, yes, Jesse, it is a meat hook. That's always been my understanding. However, while you guys went off on your shampoo Bullworth thing, I looked it up, and here's I was wrong, and so were all of us, I what? think. The phrase... On, this is from Miriam Webster. The phrase on tenterhooks means waiting nervously for something to happen. A tenterhook is literally a sharp hook that fastens cloth to a tenter, a frame on which cloth is stretched like a tent for even drying to prevent shrinkage. The phrase compares the tenseness of the fabric to the feeling of being very tense. I know that this podcast is kind of like anti-information, so I hope I haven't just <laughs> dropped too much science on your listeners. Yeah, Brian, <laughs> cut out all those facts, please. <laughs> and replace them with I jokes had... about Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. 
we've all learned something. Yeah, no, that is fascinating. I didn't even I didn't even think about tent as being the root word for tenter. Yeah. Me neither. Let me ask you this. Lay it on me. Do you think Waluigi uses mm. a green condom? Uh, I don't, Waluigi isn't, he's purple. Oh, he's purple. His Regular Luigi purple. is green. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God damn it. No, Brian, that's okay. Go back, edit <laughs> that, and switch the syllables around or whatever it takes to make it make sense. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. I don't know who Waluigi is, so I'm going to pretend, I'm just going to go past that, and I have a question. Uh, back to- Wah? <laughs> He's the evil, the evil Luigi. Go ahead. But evil, but like on what um, system would I be finding Waluigi and his condoms? Uh, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, a he's a Nintendo, Nintendo fuckbox. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been using it wrong. Anyway, I feel like recently I was somewhere and someone said something which suggested to me that they assume that everyone has a copy of the Kama Sutra. Like that's just sort of like your entry level <laughs> sex fuck book well i, I mean, don't own one it depends allison M- mine came free from the gideons mm, sure. <laughs> just uh, one day i opened up my bedside drawer and there it was oh imagine if that were there instead of the bible and like a flashlight <laughs> that you can never get back into its holder <laughs> an emergency flashlight I had a, uh, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, uh, a few years ago, went to Nicolas Cage's estate sale. But he's alive. Uh, yes, alive, but with uh, um, uh, horrible tax problems. Oh, right. Yeah, he has crazy spending habits. Uh, he bought dinosaur bones. I think he, uh, yeah, I'm sure he, you know, bought uh, uh, Wyatt Earp's gun or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and Jordan, I know from my appearance on Go Fact Yourself with you that dinosaur bones give you a boner. Uh, did I say that on Go Fact Yourself? No, but you. Well, it's very I feel true. like you're. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't say it, but you gave off that vibe. Yes, uh, love a bone. I've got. Uh, I've got. A, I've got a bone. For, I've got a bone for the bones. Um, <laughs> and um, yes, I'm including the Star Trek character in that too. <laughs> um. So I went to Nicolas Cage's estate sale and, you know, like wanted to walk away with, um, you know, something. I didn't have a ton of money to spend. So obviously I could not buy um, any of the suits of armor or thrones that he had. (laughs) Um, You were thinking maybe a meat tenderizer or something like maybe a tenter hook. Nicolas Cage's Cage's garlic press. Uh (laughs) What I eventually settled on was a kind of a, a... print an art print that looks like you know just kind of something you would see in a yoga studio uh it's called sacred geometric shapes for meditation um i like it a lot i think it looks great in the house uh and it just has the added bonus of being having once belonged to nicholas cage but the, before i saw sacred geometric sacred geometric shapes for meditation um i considered taking a home taking home nicholas cage's copy of the kama sutra oh wow that was available wow. You could just. Wait, what do you remember? Which was more expensive? Uh, I think I think Sacred Geometric Shapes probably was more expensive. Um, yeah, I just was. You know, maybe, and maybe this is me kink shaming myself. But I thought, you know, that's, you know, I'm going at, in this for a conversation piece, and the 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 art print is kind of innocuous until explained. But I think the Kama Sutra. Um, 
if I just had it out, people might might get the wrong idea about me having ever had sex. You would have to, I think, put a plaque on it. Yeah. That said, like, this belonged to Nicolas Cage, FYI. It's sort of a gag thing. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm almost wondering if you need that on your yoga print. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, what I kind of like about it is that it, it, it needs explanation, you know? Mm. Yeah. What I was going to say was I feel like it's, I don't know if it's a thing, if I just know someone who did this or if there's like a lot of people who do this, but I knew of a guy who collected historical gynecological instruments. So like oh old my. speculums. Wow. So you know, <laughs> so you know, Tim Burton. <laughs> wow. I would never want to be alone or even in a group with this person. Boy. And I feel like having Nicolas Cage Kama Sutra is on, it's not the same, but it's like in that realm. Yeah. And yeah. And I, again, I, and I don't want to like, you know, like uh, uh, the, the, if you, if you use and have gotten pleasure for you and your partner out of the Kama Sutra, I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. You know, we should all know more about our bodies and our partner's bodies and all that stuff. But also, yes, like this, the person who displays their copy, um, I think, yeah, having one is not, is not suspect, but, but I think the person who displays theirs, um, right. maybe, maybe is giving off a vibe that is unintended. At a certain point, Jordan. Yes. There's only so much bookshelf space on the boat, so something has to come down to the coffee table. Right. On the boat? Yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we doing a thing where I live on a houseboat? I wish I did. Wait, do you not? No, I think we're doing a thing where a guy who displays <laughs> a copy of the Kama Sutra definitely oh, lives on a boat. Yes. Okay. I see where, yes, exactly. I know. It's like, well, you can stay, right. Wait, what what's, What books do you put on the shelf and which ones do you take off of the Python terrarium? <laughs> you got to have a few up top because he's been pushing his way out lately. Yeah, he's getting strong. You're feeding him too many frozen mice. <laughs> uh, Allison, what's your, what is your neighborhood like? in in quarantine it's a little more uh suburban than where i live um but yeah what's the what are the neighbors like what's what's going on well i don't know exactly because i really rarely leave my house i was thinking do you remember at the beginning of all this how everyone was commenting on how beautiful the air quality is and like how this is really doing wonders for nature and look the animals are reclaiming da 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 and no one talks about that anymore and I I think it's because no one goes outside anymore (laughs) we're just assuming nature is coming back yeah it's uh it's you know I a lot of people are wearing masks but then a lot of people aren't and I and I like them uh, and seeing them not wearing masks is causing me causing me cogni- cognitive dissonance. Oh, yeah, because I want to con- I want to continue thinking that they're like responsible, good people. But I'm like, what are you doing? I can see your nose. Oh yeah, sure. Jordan, were you are you aware of the re- the very loud like religious fraternity house party that I lived next to for a long period of time? Oh yes, sure. I heard a little okay. bit of this when it first materialized, but can you explain it for the listener and for Jesse? And for Jesse, yes. Okay, uh, and your producer. So let's not leave him out of this. 
Um, he doesn't okay. need to be involved. Brian's just reading the book of classic little Lulu comics while he's <laughs> while we're recording. So next door. Two cup, two married couples moved in, and the guys were both pastors. And I initially, I and everyone I mentioned this to was very curious how this works. Um, there was a lot of are there swapping jokes, that kind of stuff, which sure. I found a little pedestrian, but still, um, I was very curious what was going on. And then the two women came over one evening to let me know that they were going to be having a party at their place. They do, they host a youth group for their church. No, they didn't yet mention that it was every Wednesday. They just told me it was going to be like in an hour and there was going to be some music. And they're just like, look, it's a church party. There's not going to be any drinking. There's not going to be any marijuana. Angel dust only. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say that, but that is that is so close to, I think, what it was. They First, I thought they were going to invite me when they're like, we're hosting a, a youth group for our church. And I was like, yes, I'm there because I've got to see like what's going on. Yeah. But they didn't invite me. They just wanted to warn me. Then this turned, what I didn't realize, because it be, it was every week, Wednesday evening, and there would be a live band, like with a drum set and a PA and loud music. And I heard Wait, people, what? I think they're, I know. How, like a, like a, how big a band we talking? Is there a brass section or is this just like a power trio? It's most of the band Chicago, not all. Oh. I want to say it was like a slim five to six members okay. at a time. It was so loud i did a series of instagram stories which is like my way of handling my way of being passive aggressive because i did not yet have the balls to go over there um but it was really loud and i would hear people outside like yelling i there had to have been drinking i don't know and i never figured out what church it was there were a thousand cars it was like it was very loud and revelrous but anyway <laughs> the, the good news is they moved they were all just wearing T-shirts that said church on them. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, they're not there anymore. So now we have no neighbors over there. So that has been – it's given me less material for my podcast, but it's been a blessing in terms of quietness. Yeah, I mean, ideally for the podcast, because, I mean, I think why, as podcasters, um, you know, why do anything in life if not to talk about it on a podcast later? Um, what do you – What's your ideal new neighbor as far as podcast material mm. goes? I mean, swinging Christian party house is it, it's a tough act to follow. I hadn't really thought about I, I hadn't thought about it in terms of ideal neighbor for the podcast, which makes me feel like maybe I'm not in it to win it. You know, I was just thinking like a nice, quiet family. Maybe they have kids that my kids can play with if this pandemic is ever over. Um, God, well, I think it's like a you know what would be ideal for the podcast? It would be a low-level celebrity uh, or yeah. a high-level celebrity that I that's either so high or so low that I feel comfortable disclosing their personal information. Like, mm. um, I don't know, just off the top of my head here, like a Wallace Shawn? <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, well, I, this sure, is Allison's yes. ideal neighbor, not my ideal neighbor. <laughs> Listen, I think Wallace Shawn is everyone's ideal neighbor. What if Wallace Shawn is actually a terrible neighbor? Oh, I can't imagine that's true. I can't imagine it. He was on Bullseye and he was a lovely man. You know who I would love to live next to? Who? And I am, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name because he's like the one, both my husband and I have a hall pass toward him. 
Um, wow, the rare, uh, the rare, the rare double hall pass. Oh, Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. him. Mandy Patinkin. I would love to live next to Mandy Patinkin. Well, for one thing, you could enjoy the songs of the Great Depression to say nothing of the great Yiddish Yiddish American songbook. Is that is that Mandy <laughs> but, Patinkin's thing? Yeah, Mandy Patinkin's all about that. Huh. Wait, was he in um Yentl? I don't know, but he's a beautiful singer and he loves to sing he he, he loves to sing I mean he sings the Great American Songbook in general, but he famously recorded a lot of songs of the 20s and 30s and then also has recorded a lot of uh, Jewish songs. Huh. I, all of this would be stuff that he and I, that it, like it would come out over um, warm fresca or whatever <laughs> it is that he likes to drink. But <laughs> Why do you assume I warm love, fresca? He might drink warm fresca. I doubt he drinks. I love Evita. <laughs> And he was in Evita, oh, yeah, so I would sure. definitely, I mean, if he's offering to sing, like you'd assume he would, I would uh, request Evita. But also, I would just like to talk about Homeland. Mm. Oh, yeah. Are you, did you stick with Homeland to the, to the end? I sure did. And I was like, wow, each season, basically the same. And yet, it hooks me every time. Did any of you guys watch it? Here's the thing, Allison. I know that you want to talk to him about Homeland. He just wants to talk about Chicago Hope. <laughs> I know. We would have to get past that, but I'm confident we would be able to. He's like, in many ways, it was superior to ER. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Mandy. Now, on to my role as Papa Smurf in Smurfs, The Lost Village. I'm looking at Mandy Patinkin's IMDb right now. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know about that. Thank you for doing this recon for me. Yeah. Happy to do it. Does your now knowing knowing now this new information that Jesse shared with us that he is, um, you know, an enthusiast <laughs> of the great Yiddish songbook. Does that make you and you can speak for your husband, too. Does that make you more or less horny for the patink? I think more. Yeah, me, too. Which is surprising to me. It just shows that even though I grew up with zero like less than zero religion when a jewish holiday swings around i have to google what it is to see what it is that people think i'm celebrating <laughs> but something like deep in my loins stirred yeah i mean yeah sure i mean it's 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 it's, it's like a call can i tell you what <laughs> i call. what i imagined immediately upon hearing the possibility of mandy patinkin being your neighbor please he rings your doorbell you open the door he has a plate of cookies for you this is when he first moves in and he says hello my name is Mandy Patinkin. I'm your new neighbor. Prepare for fun. Oh my god, that is that would be like classic Mandy. Uh. That's why he's the best. Can I tell you guys something? I did something last night that I have never done before, and I still am like, what was I doing? I on Instagram, and I I can like what I did was righteous i feel but i consciously trolled someone on instagram and left a bunch of shitty comments Ooh. i've never ever done something like that so i don't know how i found his page but there's a doctor <laughs> who has been um i think he either lost his license a number of times or has almost lost his license a number of times who claims that masks are dangerous to your health he's like a total anti-vaxxer uh -huh. Uh, he lost his license because he had this like alternative therapy for cancer that actually killed some people. This is, that was some years ago, but he's just a total quack. 
But he claims what is the that... argument for what is the argument for masks are dangerous? I can't. I mean, I'm sure there's some people who think that, but what can you can you make sense? Yes, of it? they say that they cut down on oxygen. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> You know, yes. that's why that's why the uh, people in a hospital are always passing out who have to wear masks all day and people on construction sites. Yeah. So, and also, I mean, I think all masks that you can get, you know, at a at a drugstore or something like that, they all create an airtight seal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You may as well be inside a Tupperware yeah. at that point. And air's big. Where's air going to get air's huge? <laughs> right. Where's it going to go? It's going to bump up against your plastic mask. Yeah. So anyway, what and I didn't realize there's a lot a lot of people who believe that oh oh sorry, I forgot the one that like really set me off that led to my first comment which was you're so full of shit it's laughable was he said that apparently get this, no one in Europe has died of COVID. His friend, who's a pathologist, and he would know because he's a pathologist, said that no one is actually dying of COVID. He doesn't really explain it any more than that. But anyway, <laughs> the whole thing... a man I, uh, In Europe, a man I know in Europe. Well, that adds up to me. Hell, I don't know anyone in Europe. It's just science. Yeah. I. So what did you... Yeah, what was, was your... Just a, what did you do... If it was just a random person saying this that's really annoying but the fact that he's a doctor i don't it just it just it it pissed me off so much so i left three separate comments each of a similar theme one was you're so full of shit it's laughable the other one was you're a con man and the other one was you're a sham wow and then i sat there like well now now what (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway, so then this woman actually told me, "Wake up, sheep!" Wow, like you, like I feel like "Wake up, sheeple" has been, you know, it's a joke you make about conspiracy theorists. I I didn't know it's something that conspiracy theorists actually said. They do. I feel like they're not big on originality. Um, here's the weird thing, though. I tried to ride a fine line between, like, I don't want to engage with this insanity too much because then i'm just gonna like never i'm just gonna be it's yeah, gonna take all sure. day but by the, i think that she and i are actually friends that's the weird thing by the end of it because <laughs> it, it was like understanding yeah she's like look i know i can't change your mind so you do you sis and i and i, I was mm. like i just liked the comment and that was it <laughs> oh that's nice i don't know what happened yeah well that's that's really nice i think when hopefully you know you'll you'll meet this person you know, when the um, when the arcs are leaving Earth, when the new world order kicks in, if I'm permitted to exist. Right. Exactly. And I think that the new society will need podcasters. It's weird because it started with her calling me a sheep and there mm-hmm. was definitely some aggression and telling me to turn off CNN, which I, CNN is always the go to. And it's like, hello, I prefer MSNBC. <laughs> but anyway, that's where I get my propaganda. Right. That and Twitter. I watch Nick News. <laughs> yeah, I get all my yeah, I get all my propaganda from Linda Ellerby. Did she actually host Nick News? I feel like didn't she write for magazines? Uh, she did when I was a kid. Um, Wait, can I can I ask you guys a question? Nick News, the one that I watch, that's the one with Mark Summers, and they're running around this course. Mm, interesting. There's okay. slime everywhere. It's like no matter what goes wrong, somebody's gonna get slime dumped on them. Uh, I think that's Double Dare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's... I think yeah, it's watch... Nick News. No, in Nick News, there's no way to win a trip to space camp. 
Maybe that's MSNBC. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, Nick News, it had the contestants, and it was usually like a father and a son or daughter, right? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the one we're talking about? You know what's the one that I don't watch? I just never watch? It's uh, the PBS NewsHour. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, that's the one where it's three kids, and then there's this lady in a trench coat. And there's these guys who have is, their own acapella group. So this is where in the world is Carmen Sandiego. And I'm mm, sorry. I think it's I, the PBS News Hour. It used to be called McNeil Lair News Report. <laughs> I think you guys need to get on my train and start watching Super Sloppy Rachel Maddow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like regular Rachel Maddow, but they turn up the slop. And you can win a Sega Genesis. <laughs> we'll be back with more Jordan Jesse Go in just a second. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hey, we've got some good news for all the Max Funsters out there. The Max Fun Drive is right around the corner. Postponed, but returning. Just like the prodigal grandmother from the... Is that is it a grandmother? Who comes back on the horses? I thought you were going to mention the uh, Guns N' Roses album, Chinese Democracy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Famously postponed. No, it's who, who's coming around the mountain when she comes? She is. She is, yeah. She. Yeah. She'll be riding these horses starting July 13th. Is that one of those old-time songs that's secretly about prostitutes? <laughs> Probably. Coming around the mountain? I don't know. There's something dirty there, right? At the minimum, it's about, like, uh, horse race gambling. Yeah, sure. Or and not a wholesome trotting race. No, a race where they sit down right on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, the Max Fun Drive is coming up. It is uh, how Max Fun uh, keeps the lights on and keeps these great podcasts coming to your ears. Uh, usually, it's a two-week affair, but uh, uh, I guess because of circumstances, we're going to do a uh, four-week uh, chiller, chiller Max Fun Drive. More chill. Is that how you would describe it, Jesse? Yeah, totally. I mean, obviously, a lot of people's circumstances and their lives have changed, and we don't want to make anybody feel bad. Uh, we don't want to press at the same time. It is how we keep the lights on, and it's how many of our hosts pay their rent and their mortgages, especially these days when there's no live performance economy. So uh, we're really looking forward to doing it. We're going to do all kinds of stuff to highlight how great our community is, and there's going to be weekly ticketed online shows uh from different shows that we're going to do to benefit charity and i, I think it's going to be a i think it's going to be a really nice time um and you know as always a, a great way to support our our work at max fun all, all the shows and all the hosts that you love including uh jordan and maybe even me yeah it's a uh, max fun drive is, is always a really fun time and i definitely like always look forward to it because it is a way to kind of just like revel in how cool our listeners are and how cool the community is and yeah and the shows always you know go big with special episodes and stuff so i'm uh, i always look forward to, to hearing those myself and uh 
And yeah, we have a bunch of cool stuff planned coming up. And yeah, if people uh, if people have a little extra cash to donate to Max Fund this year, there's some great bonuses you can get. It's all going to be at maximumfund.org slash join starting July 13th. So keep it locked here to Jordan, Jesse Go and all your other favorite Max Fund shows. And we'll tell you about the cool stuff you can get. And uh, thank everybody who makes our work possible. Uh, we, we're so, so great. I can tell you, I, I have never been more grateful to be, uh, making member supported media than, uh, than I am right now. So, um, so thanks to everybody who already supports us and thanks to everybody who becomes a member and thanks to everybody who supports us in all the different ways we will give you to support us. Even, uh, even if you haven't got the dough right now. So, uh, that'll start on the 13th, four weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Allison Rosen, your new best friend. Can I tell you guys something? So... There's this thing at my house called Big Kid Movie Night. <laughs> this is where my daughter, Grace, who's uh, soon to turn nine. That's fun age. Go ahead. Uh, watches a movie that her younger siblings can't watch. Uh-huh. Oh, that's such a good idea. Um, and was, she'll she'll alternate. Like a eraser head? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing the Evil Dead movies. Oh yeah, those are fun. Those are fun. Just you know, really yeah, you know, you're scared of them when you're a kid, but then when you watch them later, you're like, oh, these were kind of supposed to be funny. Yeah, um, works on two levels. Shen Andalou, yeah. the Andalusian dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, she loves anything with a razor blade going into an eyeball. Sure. Well, yeah. So mention visual matches. The other night we were going to watch a film called Hamilton. I don't know if you guys have heard about this film. Uh, no. I think it's called Hamill Film. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a rapping president movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. And now, so... wait, is this, is, is this Bullworth you're talking about? <laughs> yes. I think you're describing Bullworth. <laughs> uh, but for some reason at the last minute, my daughter kind of like... Okay. Oh, so Jesse, can we back up a little bit? Can you tell yeah. us, a, like, what are some other movies that you've watched during Big Kid Movie Night? What are some examples of Big Kid Movies? We gave some joke ones, but I kind of want to know actually what's going on here. Uh, like Indiana Jones. Okay. Back to the Future. Oh, sure. Classic Big Kid Movies. Yeah, movies movies that, like, a, a slightly older kid can manage, but a younger kid might get freaked out by. Sure. Because of the melting Nazis. Yeah. And what, to be clear, like in those kinds of movies, we're usually anticipating things like she didn't see the melting Nazi part. But like she wants to have big kid experiences of gotcha. watching things. Allison, and, what's the what's the biggest kid thing that your kids can watch? Mm, well, they're three and one. So it's interesting because. <laughs> Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> yeah. Cl- I would say Clockwork Orange mm-hmm. and um, the piano. <laughs> the pianist, which is the disturbing one? 
I think I think both of those work as a pull for inappropriate for um, a three year old okay. yeah. movies. Although I don't know too much about either of them. One has Holly Hunter. One has Adrian Brody. They both feature instruments <laughs> and other and and other dark material. Sure. Uh, let's see. It's interesting because Elliot is like only just now sort of starting to get afraid of things, but. Um, he he handled Coco. I'd say Coco is the big kid movie that we've watched. Yeah. Coco? Coco is a nice movie. Coco has some scary bits in it, too. Yeah. So I'm thinking we're going to watch Hamilton. I'm looking forward to it. Now, of course, you guys know, I saw Hamilton on Broadway with my friend Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. You've uh, mentioned it. we went bowling hmm. together after. You've mentioned it, yes. Wow. Yeah. But... Um, but I had not seen when I say I saw I, I saw it with him. Uh, he was in the theater, but he was not in the he was not in the show. I saw it after the the cast changed. Yeah. So I had not seen him be in it. So I and I hadn't really watched it or or like listened to the songs or whatever since I saw it. So I was kind of looking forward to it. I was like, yeah, I kind of forget what happens in this. Well, I saw Sunday in the Park with George with Mandy Patinkin, and later we did Blow in the Bathroom of a Bennigan's. <laughs> Yeah. So I have a story too. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I've fucked Patty Lapone. Whoa! <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah, bro! <laughs> well, I saw Nick Knight News with Mark Summers and Lin- Linda Ellerby, and we had a group hug afterwards. There we go, calling it all back. <laughs> So we've all done something good. We've all we all have a story, okay? That <laughs> that Jesse story isn't the best. They're all equal, equal stories. Everybody's right. got. There's a lot of stories in this naked city. Sure, as the famous <laughs> quote goes. Yes, <laughs> Los Angeles, the naked city. <laughs> it's the opening story. of the Kama Sutra. All right. So <laughs> I I was actually I was looking forward to watching Hamilton. I have never been a participant in Hamilton madness. I mm-hmm. have to say. But that made me feel like I was ready to watch it again because I was like, yeah, I enjoyed that. I'll enjoy watching it again with my kid, you know. But at the last minute, she switched to the movie Tron. Mm. Tron. I don't like I don't want to say she chickened out, but something about it seemed wrong to her. Something about watching Hamilton seemed wrong to her at the last minute. And she said, why don't we watch Tron? And I'd never seen Tron. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll watch Tron. Guys, can I give you guys just a life pro tip? Sure. Yes. Do not watch Tron. <laughs> Tron is first of all, can I, Tron is very Jesse, can cool I, looking. Can I can I, I I just need some clarification. When I'm 6, can I play hours and hours of the Tron arcade game at the Laguna Hills Mall? I encourage you to do that. That, I think, is a great idea because it probably captures the unique visual aesthetics of Tron, which are indeed unique and remarkable. Sure. Also, there's lots of there's lots of gameplay styles. There's a shooting one where you shoot spiders, and then there's a light bike level as well. So there's a lot of variety in there. Moral of the story is this. I just <laughs> wanted to let people know that like, if you've just seen pictures of Tron and thought, wow, well, that's pretty cool looking, you're right. It is pretty cool looking, but it may legitimately be the most boring movie I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> it is so. I have no idea what it's about. I just picture like yellow line, a bunch of yellow lines, as if someone's moving fast. Allison, I watched it two nights ago, and I have no idea what it's about. Oh no! There is like half an hour of them just saying unconnected computer words to each other. And it's like people from, uh, 
it's like people from an industrial film, but it's an industry that has a lot of lingo that you don't know. So it oh, just no, doesn't business, mean anything. It's a business to, you. to business film. Yeah. It's and then Jeff picture. Bridges comes and you're like, hey, there's young Jeff Bridges. He's fun. And then that's the last enjoyment you get out of it. If anyone has the urge to watch Tron, I recommend just watching the Jacksons video, Can You Feel It? <laughs> where they use similar computer animation technology to, I think, as I remember it, sort of create the world. And you'll get the, you'll get, it's five minutes long. It's a great song. You'll get that enjoyment. The end. Tron is a nightmare. Tron is horrible. Just reading the plot summary on Wikipedia, it's a little bit impenetrable because I'm not actually going to read it, but there's a lot of like NCOM, MCP. There's a lot of stuff that's hard to parse. Mm, Yeah, you got to deal with master control, of course. Yeah. Do you, do you recommend that the listeners play the Tron arcade game at the Laguna Hills Mall? (laughs) Yes, I've already recommended that. That earns my highest recommendation. (laughs) I mean, you've already recommended it, but I also will point out that the arcade is close to an Orange Julius. Jordan, did you prefer Tron to what my favorite games were, which was like Pole Position and Centipede? Oh, those are both really fun games. I think I probably would have chosen chosen tron again because the variety of gameplay styles um but yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not slagging off pole position or centipede both very good games centipede in particular is still really fun i i would say my top recommendation jordan and i don't mean Mm -hmm. to slag off tron at the laguna hills mall when you're six obviously that has received my highest recommendation but i do have one higher level of recommendation my superlative recommendation that goes to uh, trying to get your family to sit at the Miss Pac-Man table at Los Panchos at the intersection of Valencia mm-hmm. and Mission. So you can play Miss Pac-Man while you wait for your pupusas, which take a very long time. Pupusas yeah. always take much longer than you think they're going to because uh, that's just the speed at which Salvadoran restaurants operate. Um, so that's my recommendation to you is my, my superlative recommendation, try and get your family to sit at the table style, Miss Pac-Man and Los Panchos. Second recommendation is going to be to, uh, play the Tron at the Laguna Hills mall. Allison, where did you play pole position in Centipede as a kid? What is it at? Like mall arcades? The White House? So (laughs) Centipede, (laughs) there was a pizza, um, Actually, Jordan, you would maybe know of it. There was a pizza place called Sergeant Pepperoni's. <laughs> <laughs> Lonely Hearts it Club was... Restaurant. <laughs> yes. No, I never was... went to. I would say Alice and I both grew up in Orange County, but I have never been yes. to Sergeant Pepperoni's. It was in Costa Mesa. I think it might actually still be there. Shit, I know where um, I'm having my birthday this year. That's right. The pizza was like the slices were square, like okay. cafeteria, um, but it was but it was good. And they had a few games. They had the sit down Ms. Pac-Man and they also had centipede and then pole position. So I don't know if I've ever shared with you guys that uh, my parents favorite place to vacation when I was growing up was Las Vegas. I feel like I spent so much of my life either in Caesar's Palace or Desert Inn. And this was before. <laughs> <laughs> Las Vegas was very family friendly, so there was really like very little to do. And you would just like accidentally get burned by a cigarette from an adult who was letting their cigarette hang at their side. That's what we had to do for kicks. Yeah. 
But your parents um, would just give a showgirl twenty dollars to watch you all day. <laughs> they would let. They would let us play. Oh, I mean, no, not the showgirl thing, but they would hire the hotel babysitters and like, wow, the pageant of babysitters that we had. They also would let me play Kino, which was pretty fun, but (laughs) we would go to Circus Circus sometimes um, and they had an arcade and that's where I would play a pole position. Uh, just as a, as I'm, uh, I did Google Sergeant Pepperoni while you were talking. Sergeant Pepperoni, yeah, still open. Uh, uh, 2300 Southeast Bristol Street, Newport Beach, California. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you can order um, remotely through Sergeant SGTPeps.com and ChowNow.com. <laughs> Jordan, would you mind Googling real quick Pizza and Pipes in Burlingame, California, the pipe organ themed pizza restaurant that I went to for Tony McCauley's 10th birthday party? Pizza and Pipes Sacramento? Mm, no. World's That's going that's going to be a northern outpost. We're looking we're looking on the peninsula here, Jordan. Oh boy. Well, let's see. Pizza and Pipes here. It auto fills to Sacramento. Let's just Isn't this a fun episode just checking on our old high school our old uh, childhood pizza places? We're going to do lamppost next. local pizza. <laughs> uh no, yeah, I'm not seeing Pizza and Pipes. I'm sorry. Yeah, if uh I don't know. What were the pipes? Pipe it was a giant pipe organ. <laughs> What a pathetic theme for a pizza restaurant. Wait, was it really? You could have anything. Race cars. I'm seeing. There's one in Seattle, it looks yeah. like. It looks like there's one in Seattle. How are there all these pizza and pipeses? <sighs> Maybe it was in Seattle. Uh, when something momentous happens to you, the Jordan Jesse Go listener, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN or email us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. This person has done that very thing, and here is the sound that they gave us. Hi, Jordan, Jesse Go. This is Josh from the northwest suburbs of Chicago. Uh, it's called Station. Um, so I recently got fired from my job. Um, so I started up at the Home Depot pushing carts, and uh, my boss is telling me what to do, and then. Just about uh, 15 minutes later, I'm in the bathroom at the urinal, and he pees with his pants all the way down, (laughs) ass out and everything. (laughs) Well, have a good one. Bye-bye. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Is this this boss five? (laughs) Um, As a vagina holder. Yes. Well, no, I don't really hold... Anyway, yeah. I'm going to need some explanation. Pants uh, have a split called a zipper at the front. So yes. you can use that zipper and the button above it, if you like, to remove your penis without dropping trow. So I see. You so can you keep them pants you can above your butt. As Moses did the Red Sea. Mm. <laughs> if that helps. Yes, I see. But okay. when you are five years old, you do take your pants all the way down to your ankles in order to pee standing up. By the way, I'm in no position to criticize this. Given the tenor of our times and the challenges that I've been going through, I've pretty much abandoned peeing standing up completely. I just want to take some time to sit by myself on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so your family just thinks you're constantly shitting? 
<laughs> I think that's pretty much what's going on. Yeah. Do you guys happen to remember when you started peeing standing up? Because my son is toilet training right now and he's sitting down and I just I don't know like when if that's right or like when the change happens. I think four or five. Like uh, there's a point at which you are tall enough to comfortably pee over the edge of the toilet. And okay. that's like a key time. I would Got say it. if it was me, I would say around kindergarten age is is when you really get into that territory. I've always Perfect. I've always peed laying down. <laughs> <laughs> On your back too, which is really the first I'm hearing of anybody doing it any any different way. Oh, Jordan. Honestly, I can only pee if I've got if if I'm doing a pose in a public fountain. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> I'm a stone cherub, so let's take another call hi jordan jesse and guest this is ella from san luis obispo california uh this isn't so much a moment of uh shame or a momentous occasion this is something i think that is an equivalent which is a moment of raw uncertainty um at this point it's 1:20 in the morning and at about midnight a skunk walked into my room and ate a bunch of cat food and just kind of romped around and is now i believe asleep under um a bedside table and uh, at this point I, in the night, I have also had an entire bottle of wine. And also, I have a sprained ankle. So what the <laughs> fuck do I do right now? <laughs> Man, wow. that was Robert Downey Jr. Oh. <laughs> 1990s Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah. Wow. That was, that was a journey. I Do you... Okay. Do you think that, you know, if you were to to take our listeners and put them up against listeners to other podcasts, we have an inordinate amount of people that just live in the woods? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess there's skunks in the city. You're city skunks. There's definitely skunks where I live. There's there was a, some skunks that really loved to traipse through our yard, and it was always you'd always hold your breath, uh, in the hopes that you know, no local pets would terrorize the skunk and lead to the skunk right. engaging in that activity Skunking. for which it is most famous. Stanking up the joint. Falling in love. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Falling in love with a cat that had white paint on it. <laughs> how did this How did this skunk get into her house? She didn't explain that, did she? I think maybe no. she was just so drunk off red wine that she left the door wide open. Mm. Yeah, or maybe she had a skunk door put in because she was so drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that the skunk lives there now, and she should make sure he or she is comfortable. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think the skunk is now a pet. Um, so, you know, obviously it sounds like this person also has a cat. So just see what you can do about socializing the skunk with the cat. I mean, I think ideally this will lead to a lot of adorable animal friend videos. Um, you know, yeah. something yes. you would see posted on the dodo. There's definitely skunk pets on youtube and it seems great now that said all unusual pets on youtube seem great right but i skunks are like they have that dangerous power Mm -hmm. but they are really cute 
I mean, like yeah, a skunk is a too. legitimately, you know, like our friend Carrie Poppy has tried to convince me a few times that possums are cute. I can almost mm-hmm. see it, but it really takes some work on my part. Part, But a skunk, it takes no work. I look at a skunk and outside of the fact that I know that it could destroy my life with one expression of its gland, uh, I think that is an adorable animal. Can you have their um their that gland dream? I know this sounds cruel. I'm just curious. I'm not going to do it. But could you de-skunk a skunk? <laughs> I think that is how I think the people that have pet skunks, they have had that gland removed from the skunk. I believe. See, that that's cruel. Can you just have it replaced with another scent like Cinnabon? <laughs> Just have your house smell like an airport every time the skunk is afraid. Rosen to skunk. You do you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> they do have fun little walks, don't they? When you see a skunk walking around, it's a very cute little like... Like one of those. Yeah, it's really funny. I think I think a lot of the best animals... What's good about them is that something about their gait leads them to, without intending to wiggle their butts yeah i'm i love ducks yeah the mm-hmm. classic duck yes. butt wigglers yeah d- a duck butt is a that's a solid a solid animal butt yeah. the truly classic butt wiggler what's your top three animal butts jordan would you say <sighs> well um let's see top three animal butts um butts fannies hinders dumpers i'm just killing time uh tush tushies rear end yes did you already do hiney butts yes turd cutters (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna say baby piggy yeah, that's really Makes good. The curly tail go here, 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 here. Yeah, uh, that's really good. I'm gonna say, um, oh, hamster with the little nubby tail. Come on, yeah, that's a classic. That's a, a, that's a turd classic. cutter you can be proud of. It's <laughs> <laughs> little rice grain turds. Yeah, and then finally the axolotl. Yeah, what sure. Uh, it's a creature from beyond time. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, it's like a weird uh, fish salamander thing, and it's got a ooh, it's got a cute little fanny. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. Wait, now what about your Rolly Chubbykins cat? Oh yeah, Bug has a cute fanny. I mean, I don't like to, you know, I don't like to talk about her like that while she, while she's in the room. <laughs> I love talking about my dog Coco's butt. My dog Sissy does not have an impressive butt, but my dog Coco has uh, like a real roundy that she really wiggles, and yeah. it's adorable. What about your dog Wendy, Allison? What's her uh, What's her dumps like? <laughs> <laughs> well, her dumps are pretty ferocious, but her butt is very cute. She's very wiggly. Mm-hmm. Um, we we put her on a diet. Are you, have I talked about that before? No, I didn't. Uh, she yeah, what was what was, was the problem? She was just really way too fat, hmm. um, and a lot of people, most of them being veterinarians, had commented on it, uh, and you know told us what she should weigh versus what she is. Like you know, with people, everyone's very sensitive to comment on weight. With animals, that just goes out the window. And I personally, like it, it fed into my own body issues the way pe- they were letting me know mm. that she was definitely a large lady. Um, <clears throat> but then I had Laura London, who is a dog trainer and also had an 
Animal Planet show and she had trained Wendy. She no longer lives here, but she came to town and she saw Wendy and she like did not mince words uh, and just really let me know that I needed to do something about Wendy's weight. And for some reason that got through to me, whereas with the other people I was like, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, like they don't live that long anyway. And I just don't want to make her super uncomfortable. But we, I guess it was probably like maybe about six months ago, we started just severely limiting her food. And she is now, um, I mean, she looks great in a bikini. (laughs) (laughs) And she does, it didn't solve all her problems, but I'd say she does have more confidence when she walks in the room. So, um, yeah, so we, so we did that. So her butt is a little smaller, but Mm. still super cute. Hmm. That's good. Good, good, good for Wendy. Is, was it, there, was there also additional like exercising? Were you like running her around and stuff? She already was getting a lot of exercise, which is part of why I felt like, look, I don't, she's perfectly healthy. She goes on these really long walks. She's just big boned. But, um, she used to, she didn't really like her kibble. We had to like sprinkle cheese on it or do all these things to get her to eat her kibble. And, but I think it's because, she was getting so many table scraps, but now that we've severely limited that, like she loves her. I'm sorry. This is, I, I fear this is boring, but no. she loves her kibble. I just want to say this is the good. Gal Pe- loves her kibble. Now people love Jordan, Jesse go listeners love, I think pet talk more than any other talk. I would say. Yeah. I mean, right. they certainly well, love it more than me thinking Waluigi was green. No, come on. He's purple. Everybody Jesse, knows he's purple. Honestly. 206-984-4-FUN or JJGO at MaximumFun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Rocket Ship One, this is Mission Control. Come in. This is Rocket Ship One. Go ahead. Rocket Ship, what's your status on Max Fun Drive? Shouldn't we have seen it by now? Sorry about that, Mission Control. Turns out I miscalculated. Current projected ETA for Max Fun Drive is July 13, but it looks different. It'll be for four weeks, so it's longer than expected, but all readings point to low-key. Oh, that'll be good. But can you verify that there are still special gifts for new and upgrading monthly members? Verified. Sweet gifts for new and upgrading members, plus amazing new episodes and even special weekly live streams for charity. Copy that. Rocket ship, can you confirm ETA for Max Fun Drive? 90% probability of Max Fun Drive from July 13 to August 7. Did you say 90%? There were a couple of decimal places and I might have carried a zero wrong. I'm just going to pencil in July 13 to August 7. Mission control out. I'm Bria Grant, an e-reader who loves spoilers and chocolate. And I'm Mallory O'Mara, a print book collector who will murder you if you spoil a book for me. And we're the hosts of Reading Glasses, a podcast designed to help you read better. Over the past few years, we've figured out why people read. Self-improvement. Escapism. To distract ourselves from the world burning down. And why they don't. Not enough time. Not knowing what to read. And being overwhelmed by the number on their TBR list. And we're here to help you with that. We will help you conquer your TBR pile while probably adding a bunch of books to it. Reading glasses. Every week on MaximumFun.org.
It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Allison Rosen. I'm like everyone's big sister. <laughs> <laughs> you said that with such casual conviction. Allison, can you take me to the movies with you and your friends? Yes, I can. Oh, good. I can't wait to see Event Horizon. Can you introduce me to the music of Morrissey? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> good one. That's a good pull. Um, hey, so I want to say, I want to say something uh uh, very quickly. I, regular Jordan Jesse Go listeners will notice that I have my appearances on the show have been spotty of late. Um, there's been a lot going on with uh, my family that's been very, very difficult, uh, not least of which is that my dad was in hospice care at the uh, VA hospital in San Francisco. And I, I went up and um, took him there with my stepmother. Um, he has had lung cancer. He had lung cancer for quite a long time, and he, he also was suffering from progressive dementia. Um, so he he was no longer able to take care of himself very well, and uh, so so we took him up there. And um, uh, last week he he died, um, and I'm. I'm. I was not able to be there, um, unfortunately. But um, I talked to him on the phone a few days beforehand, and my brothers and my stepmother were able to be there, and did some really beautiful things with and for him. And um, uh, I'm. I'm really grateful for that. And I know that my dad has been the subject of many. Um, funny dad stories uh, on the show over the years and I was thinking about that and uh, I I was thinking about why I went into comedy in the first place because to be honest with you neither of my parents are very funny but when I thought about it, what I thought about was something that a number of people told me when I talked to them about my dad after my dad died. And it was how, you know, as complicated as my dad was, and he certainly was, um, how he always had a wonderful generous, loving laugh. And uh, I just, the more I thought about it, the more I thought that in my family, you know, we communicated basically by picking on my dad. (laughs) And my dad thought it was the greatest thing ever. He just, he, he didn't care why we were all happy and laughing. He was glad to have it be at his expense because he loved it so much. And I know that it was something that he shared with his vet friends. And my stepmother is actually very, very funny. And it's something that was at the heart of their relationship. And I thought, 
Well, gosh, I think the reason that I aspired to be funny when I grew up was because it was one of the only things that was comforting for my dad, who had a lot of pain in his life. And I'm very proud that he was proud of me in that way. And I also wanted to say that he was very proud of this stupid show. He loved and admired you, Jordan. And he came to our shows and he loved it. He thought it was so great. He used to come to, he came to our Prank the Dean shows back in the day and he came to our Jordan Jesse Go shows when we were in town. And, and you know, my, my dad wasn't always on the cutting edge of culture. He was a 75-year-old man, you know? But he loved what we did and he loved that laughing was such a big part of my life. And I know that he used to talk about when he worked, he spent his life working in the peace movement. And when he and the vets would be getting harassed by the cops or the FBI, or when they were trying to fight to get into the Veterans Day parade and the, the VFW guys wouldn't let them and stuff, he would say, well, yeah, we laughed about it all the time. He said, if you can't laugh about it, then what the fuck are you doing? And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to say how grateful I am to my dad for that and how grateful I am to my dad for his support of this weird thing. And, you know, as complicated as my dad was, I always knew that he loved me and was proud of me. I never had a moment of feeling otherwise. And I'm, you know, one of the things that has probably brought me and Jordan together is is our respective complicated dads, but I'm very grateful to him, to my dad for, for having, for offering me that. And, and I'm very grateful that I could offer him laughter in his life. Um, and so I know a lot of folks out there are having different kinds of tough times and I hope Jordan Jesse go is one of the things that brings you comfort. And I know that for me, um, as hard as things have been for my family lately, um, I know that both listening to Jordan Jesse go and the episodes I wasn't able to be part of and, and being part of the ones that I have been able to has been a great comfort to me. So, um, I just, I just wanted to say that stuff out loud. If anybody, I we do, if anybody wants to make a, a contribution in his memory or something, um, uh, I was suggesting an organization called Swords to Plowshares in San Francisco, which um, is a, an organization of veterans who do direct services for veterans, especially homeless vets, but all, all kinds. And they're helping my stepmother right now with my dad's VA benefits. And and they, my dad got services from them when he was a homeless alcoholic, and he worked for them when he got sober when I was little and, um, they're a great organization. So, uh, yeah, I, w I wanted to say that too, but anyway, I'm, I'm sorry that it's a sad thing to share on a fun show, but, um, um, but it is something that makes me feel a lot of warmth and happiness to think about how much he loved this kind of dumb shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm so glad I got to <clears throat> I got to know uh, Lee through you and through him coming to our shows. Like he was truly a great guy, and I definitely like always after just talking to him, you know, for a little bit. Like I always got the sense like this guy has had an amazing life. Like you, it really came across just from talking to him for a couple of minutes. Like this dude has like lived, you know, like he's done so much stuff and like, yeah. And I think you've definitely, uh, you know, if people want to go back, I think you've posted a lot of great like articles people have written about him and some of the work he was doing, but like a truly amazing guy and definitely, you know, in, in, (laughs) on the cop, on the topic of like, yeah, complicated dads. Um, I know that sometimes when like a family member is complicated, like you just don't see them, you know, it's like that's yeah. that's an option you have or an option that, you know, you know, is 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 forced upon you is to just like not deal with that person. But like, you know, the fact that like Lee was such a part of your life to the point where I got to spend some time with him, like that really like. I don't know. It was, I always thought it was really impressive that like, even though it was like a difficult relationship, sometimes it was still like really strong. So yeah, it was always awesome to see really, uh, yeah, really inspirational, both your guys's relationship and him as a guy. I always loved spending time with him and he was really awesome. Yeah. One, one of the things that I most admired about my dad and you know, I mean, I I've talked about, I, I've talked on this show about some of the things that my dad struggled with, you know, uh, uh, alcoholism and drug addiction is is one of them. Although he was clean and sober for most of my life, but you know, he he struggled with post traumatic stress disorder and struggled to be as engaged in me and my brother's lives as he wanted to be, or he could have been, or should have been. Um, but one of the things that I have always admired about my dad is that through his life he worked so hard to make the world better and so hard to make a contribution to make recompense for the mistakes that he made. He always, you know, he took responsibility for the mistakes that he made and it doesn't unmake them, but it means a lot and it inspires me every day when I think about how can I be a better parent. And and to be clear, I think I probably am a better parent than my dad, but I, I think about how can I follow his example of facing my challenges and my demons and doing my best to give love to my kids and other people in the world. So, you know, I really don't think I think it's fair to say that if my dad wasn't my dad, if I hadn't grown up with an organi- a professional organizer and fundraiser for, for a parent who thought that comedy was great, I, there's no way I could have started Max Fun, and there's no way I could have be running it today. Um, and, you know, I, I loved him very much, and, um, you know, I guess I'll probably just be sad that he died forever, but also... Um, I'm very grateful to have had him in my life. I'm very grateful to my family who took care of him and and as he was passing and when he was sick and um I'm 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 very grateful that his his passing had came when it when he was ready for it and and when it was time. 
um, and was very peaceful. There was also, I wanted to mention that I got a really kind email from a doctor at the VA hospital in San Francisco, a, a, a hospice doctor, a, a palliative care doctor. And she told me that entirely coincidentally, she was assigned to my father. And when one of the nurses mentioned to her that he had been a peace activist, that she knew who she he was because she listened to some Max Fun shows and she'd heard me talk about him. And I mentioned his his dementia was pretty advanced by the time he he went into hospice. He his his conversations tend to circle around about a paragraph's worth of information. And she said the fact that she knew these things about him allowed her to have a relationship with him that she needed to have to take care of him because she could talk to them him about those things that she had heard about him from these shows. And she said that when she was at the hospital, she would spend a long lunchtime with him each time talking to him about his career in activism and organizing and talking to him about my brothers and I and how proud he was of both of those things. And I just can't imagine, I just can't imagine a luckier or more beautiful thing that, that that worked out that way. And I know I've heard from people who were parents who heard stories on this show or on Judge John Hodgman about my dad getting clean and sober and got clean and sober themselves for the sake of their own kids. And I'm so grateful that his example has inspired other people. And I'm so grateful that I got to be the medium for that because I I just really admired him. Even when we were fighting like crazy or he was failing me. So, yeah. And I really, I can't overstate how funny he thought Jordan was. (laughs) (laughs) He'd say to me, oh, you know, that Jordan's great. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, I know. That's why, that's why I locked into him when I was his RA, and we've been working together for 20 years, Dad. The, the, the Waluigi stuff was all his idea. Yeah. His, it was his pitch. <laughs> yeah, I should also mention how much of this show he wrote. We're actually yeah. going to, we're bringing in new writers. We're, we're yeah. looking at packets right now. So if so anybody wants to send in a packet, he did a lot of the material on the show. Mm-hmm. A lot of the more gaggy stuff, but also topical stuff. He wrote those, like those trolling Instagram comments. He wrote those. So <laughs> he was kind of doing some more angry material. Yeah. He's done all kinds of stuff. I mean, like he started out as like a classic borscht belt, you know, take my wife, please. <laughs> But he really grew over the years, you know. Soon there was social commentary and there was... And eventually it was just like insight, like personal insight. What is it to be a man? Right. Mm. You know? And eventually he got kind of hung up on cancel culture. Um, <laughs> yeah, not happen, you know, it happens to those older guys, you know. They just, yeah, he's yeah. older. I, there's some podcast appearances of his that I hope for your legacy don't come out. But. Yeah, the world is changing around him, et cetera, et cetera, Shit, et cetera. scary. And, 
And Brian, I wanted to thank you as well because some of those some of those last few shows that my dad came to as as his dementia was growing, he needed a lot of help uh, to come to the shows. And uh, often that was just me saying to Brian, uh, Brian, can you help my dad like get a seat and everything? <laughs> And uh, so thanks for that, Brian, too. And Allison, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you can go fuck yourself. You have nothing to do with my dad. Wow. He didn't know you. He didn't care about you. And now he's dead. I've been on this podcast a few times. I take it he didn't mention me ever? That's a little No, he avoided Um, the episodes with you on them. (laughs) Okay. Fine. Is it is it because of Corolla? Because like that's a long time ago. Uh, it's like people I wouldn't move say on. it's because of Corolla, but I, I wouldn't say. I let me say this: He loves Doctor Drew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really likes Doctor Drew's insights into medicine, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, hard to yeah, say I for sure, but probably. Anyway, sorry to everybody who comes to this show for things other than uh, people I love who died. Um, but I did, I did want to mention that. Um, uh, and and I oh, w- one more thing. I also want to thank. I it's not necessary to send me your condolences, having heard this, even if that is your instinct, because um, it's just a lot of condolences to accept into my heart. However. I want like everyone in the in the Jordan Jesse Go audience, especially, but it, it, all the Max Funsters have been so kind about not just this, uh, but my absence from some shows and the uh, you know the kind of unexplained stuff that we've been dealing with. Like the number of messages I've gotten that have just been like, "Take care of yourself. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Uh, I hope I hope we'll hear from you soon." no pressure, uh, thank you, like, I have been a wonderful comfort to me. So um, just to know that everybody's support is so broad and unconditional. So thanks, everybody. And I was going to say, Jesse, I wish I could give you a hug. What oh. you said about your dad was so beautiful. Um, I can see why he was so proud of you. And also I think, you know, you, you made a comment about like a kind of, kind of in jest, but apologizing to listeners if they came here for something lighter. I think that people listen to this show because they love you and they love Jordan and they love me and (laughs) (laughs) no, but they love you and they love Jordan. And if you're going through something, they are also going through that. And so it's a gift you're giving them letting like speaking openly and honestly and letting them know what you're going through. So, and I imagine that that's the feedback that you'll get. So I think that you're, you're like honoring the relationship you have with your listeners by telling them what's happening. There were, there were two things that people said to me. I got so much heard so from so many people whose lives my dad had touched in so many different ways but there were two that two that really struck me. One was my aunt Bally, who was married to my late uncle. Um, but they they started dating when they were like teenagers. So so she's known my dad for forty years or more, fifty years maybe. Um, my aunt Bally said, she said, you know, Jesse, he he had a big heart. And I really think that 
I really think that's true. I think sometimes it was hard for him to manage that with all the things he went through, but I really think he did have a big heart. And the other thing that someone said to me that meant a lot to me was this guy, Kevin Fagan, who's a reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle, who went with my dad to Laos when my dad was working on development projects there. And community-based, collectively-owned development projects, I should clarify. And Kevin, Kevin called my dad in the hospice, bless him, and had a chat with him. And he said, I was reminding him of all the things he had accomplished in his life and, and of his wonderful children and his wonderful wife. And how much he had done. And Kevin said, my dad said, yeah, it's been a pretty great ride, hasn't it? Hmm. (laughs) And that's the spirit that my dad brought to life, even even when he was suffering and even when he was struggling with all the problems and pain that he had, was that open-hearted, big-hearted feeling of, well, let's enjoy ourselves. Fuck it. Let's go to the movies. (laughs) You know, so, yeah. Anyway, I loved him a lot. Um, And uh, I'll I'll miss him, but but I, but it's also okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was a great, he was a great guy. I definitely like, like looking back and being able to say like, hey, I lived like an awesome life, which it sounds like is something that he was thinking about his life as it, you know, as it was ending. Yeah. How are you doing, Jesse? Oh, you know, badly, but, um, (laughs) but things are, (laughs) things are better than they were. It's a, it's a hard time to, uh, it's a hard time to go through this and it's, you know, not, unfortunately not the only challenge in our lives right now, but, Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, But I do, I really do, you know, I obviously like, I wish that I could have been there. I wish I could have been visiting him in the hospice, you know, but I really did have, I really did have a wonderful visit with him when, when he went into the hospice a couple months ago and I got to take him there and hold his hand and give him a hug and... And I'm grateful that, you know, the dementia had taken him to the point where he was pretty done. And in a way, it protected him from some of the pain of the cancer. And so he never, he never had to struggle. And he had such wonderful care, in, both with my, my brothers and my stepmother and, and in the hospice. And... Um, so, you know, everybody goes and his going was, a was a pretty good one. Um, so I, I'm, I feel very comforted when I think of his love that will be with me and my family and my kids for as long as we're around. So that's all. Um, so thanks for indulging me with that, gang. Um, and uh, uh, thank you, Allison, as always. 
a joy to have you here. I was glad to I was glad to know you were the guest on the episode where I had to talk about my dad having died. Oh, thank you. Uh Brian, thank you. Jordan, thank you. You guys have been wonderful friends in this tough situation. I hope nobody misses Jordan hosting Bullseye, which he did an amazing job of, and there's I think a little more to come, so uh uh, make sure to check out Jordan on NPR, NPR Jordan, the famous alternate universe Jordan. This guy, he's got a mustache and a goatee. <laughs> That's how you can tell. He's Beret. <laughs> That's how you know which one to shoot when you have to shoot one of us. <laughs> um, you can find us on Reddit, MaximumFun.Reddit.com. You can find us on Twitter. You can find Allison on her great show, Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend, which often features the great Jordan Morris. He's a part yes. of the rotating rotating cast of characters on that uh, charming, fun program. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's and, really great. Uh, I, I, would, I, wanted, I just want to say that being on Allison's yeah. show is always, is always a blast, and it definitely, um, I think... Uh, it like this show is a you know just kind of a free form chat show, but um, yeah, Allison Allison always just does a great job of like you know honestly getting into what's going on with her guests uh, in a way that I always think is uh, just really effortless and uh, and funny and terrific. It's a it, it it's it's a blast, and you should totally be listening to it. Oh, you're too nice. Thank you. Yeah, tone it down a little, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's about it for this week's Jordan Jesse Go. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.